0: 720 WGN Radio. Good evening, John Landecker. Thank you for joining me. Ten minutes after seven o'clock. Going to get right to it. You heard that uh, little clip from a George Hallis documentary. And uh, Corey Moore from the Chicago Tribune has been, I don't know, hours working, typing, writing, investigating. Her brain must be tired. Her fingers must be calloused. Such an in-depth report. I cannot believe it. You've outdone your journalistic self. Seriously.
1: Yeah. I did a lot of homework this week, John.
0: Man, I can't believe it. (laughs) Give that girl an A. Oh
1: you too kind, how are you?
0: No Uh, listen, this is the Vintage Chicago Tribune, ten key moments in George callis's life on the fortieth anniversary of his death. And before you get to anything in the article, you describe (laughs) what you went through to get there. I mean, wow. Um, you know, I'm pleased to say that there are some things still left in the world that are before my time. And George Hallis is sort of before my time. But your article, your article is like an eye opener. I mean, if you take George Hallis and the kind of individual that he was not only as a coach, but as a human being, a, a competitor, and you compare the, him to the current coaching staff, the Chicago Bears. It is like one's a positive side of the picture, or the other is a negative. I mean, he. What was your impression of George Ellis after you've got through all of this?
1: Yeah. um, After this, uh, this edition of the newsletter is essentially my book report. I, I picked up (laughs) a copy of his, I picked up a copy of his autobiography because I knew, as you mentioned, the 40th anniversary of his death is coming up. He died on (sighs) Halloween in 1983. So I thought, you know, I, I really don't know much about this guy other than the fact he was founder, player, coach. Um, owner of the Chicago Bears. And so I picked up his autobiography, uh, at the library over the weekend and just dug into it and found all kinds of little things about his life that, as you said, John, were just fascinating. I mean, he really was a Renaissance man. And it seems like from the minute he was born, he, he had a plan. Like he, he saved money and he worked really hard to get where he was. Um, and so I, I found it pretty inspirational.
0: Absolutely. You mentioned many of the things that, uh, well, I certainly didn't know and you didn't know, but you talk about that he played uh, right field for the New York Yankees, he, which I never heard of that. You know, I never heard George Halas' <laughs> name and connection with baseball.
1: Neither had I. So I was surprised by that. And it turns out he was invited to try out. He went to training, uh, spring training for them in Florida. And uh, he, it, it was an injury that kept him from playing with the Yankees. I think he played 12 games for them, and that was it. But, yeah, just the fact that he played baseball, professional baseball, <laughs> in addition to football. Exactly. I had no idea.
0: And worked as an engineer for the railroad, just for the heck of it. Yes. I mean,
1: wow. Yeah. Yeah, and, wow. and I forgot, you know, I knew that he had a degree from the University of Illinois, that's where he played football and baseball and basketball, but I, I had no idea it was an engineering degree, a civil engineering unbelievable. degree. So, unbelievable,
0: unbelievable. Yeah. 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 The article is a Vintage Chicago Tribune. Let's kick it off by telling people how they can get the Vintage Chicago Tribune, because today's the day, no, yesterday it came out, Right comes out on oh, Wednesday.
1: It came out at oh, today, today. O'clock. I o'clock. Uh, oh, that's yeah. right.
0: Yeah, I, That's right. I kept flying I, off of your computer, computer and right into my uh, inbox. It was a direct boom,
1: line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you if you want to get the newsletter, <laughs> it's free. You do not need a Chicago Tribune subscription, but if you get one, hey, it supports my work. Uh, you can yeah. go to ChicagoTribune.com forward slash newsletters and sign up for Vintage Chicago Tribune. And, yeah, I usually try to send it by email every Thursday afternoon around 6. Right.
0: I have to tell you, if you have not subscribed to this, it doesn't cost anything. You really should because Corey does an amazing, amazing job on researching so many different aspects of Chicago history, utilizing the massive archives of the Chicago Tribune and we'll get to more of what I'm talking about when we come back on 720 WGN. Uh, 720 WGN, John Landegger with the Chicago Tribune's Corey Moore, who's uh, got a great uh, vintage article this week about the uh, about George Halas, and she's distilled it down to uh, 10 significant moments in an unbelievable life, quite frankly, and that, uh, that comment there that he would sell tickets at Wrigley Field to uh, Chicago Bear fans so they could sit right behind the opposing team's bench is <laughs> just like so wacky and then there was another story i saw today that he had a dog with him at the games and if he needed an extra time out he'd get the dog to run out on the field <laughs> so, <laughs> i mean this is this is just great did anybody ever do a uh, uh dramedy about this guy i mean man i mean i know, the, I know there's a lot yeah. of documentary stuff but i mean you know like a based on reality story because what uh, i had no idea anyway let's get to the article because i don't want to we don't have them you know what we always need more time with you but then you know I've always been told it's good to leave them wanting more, so I guess that's Aww. okay.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
1: I so love I, spending time with you too, John. Thank
0: oh, you. it's a mutual highway. If that's a, an expression, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, so you want to get to uh, some of these uh, milestones, like the uh, you have here, July twenty fourth, the first one, nine fifteen, the Eastland disaster that uh, many people have learned about over the years.
1: Yeah. I had no idea about this one until a couple years ago. Uh, George Hallis, during the summer uh, between high school and when he went to the University of Illinois, he spent a year at home to make some money. He worked for a company called Western Electric, and so during this summer between high school and college. he he was working, I think, in the payroll department, and also he was trying to bulk up so he'd be ready to play college football because he was kind of a skinny dude. Anyway, long story short, Eastland disaster, this is 2,500 employees and their families from Western Electric. Uh, our, get aboard this boat called the Eastland in the mm-hmm. Chicago River, and thing right. lifts to the side and falls on its side, and more than eight hundred people died. And initially, when the Tribune published a list of all the victims' names, George hallis's name was on that list. No, he was kidding. supposed to be there, but he was running late that morning because, like I said, he was trying to work out. He was trying to put on weight. So he just missed it, and some of the friends that he worked with also just missed it or were pulled to safety. Yeah. Um, so they're almost, they're, he, we came very close to not ever knowing about a George Alice. Um yeah. But yeah, he narrowly avoided that incident.
0: Let's go to September 17th, 1920, the American Professional Football Association. He was a founder, I take it.
1: Yeah, so, uh, he, at this point, he had moved to Decatur to work for a starch company called A.E. Staley Company. Uh, also, I did not know until a few days ago that the Staley Company, that's what they did, they made starch. Anyway, so he's <laughs> hired at this company. <laughs> they're like hey we'll you know we'll hire you we'll show you the robes and at the same time uh, why don't you build back in those days companies would form these sports teams because right. it was good advertising yeah, for them right exactly because yes you got the name of the company all over your jersey anyway so he's the representative for the staley decatur staley football team mm-hmm. and he and 11 other owners realize uh, Of these teams realize hey we're not organized so it's like if you wanted to play against one of these other teams you call them up the day before and be like hey can you get here so they all met in canton ohio in the showroom of uh, an automobile dealership and this is where they all decide to form the american professional football association which eventually becomes the national football league so he's not only the founder of the bears he also is the founder, one of the founders of the NFL. Um, and so the team stays in Decatur for another year until you know they, they're not making a ton of money playing in front of people in Decatur. And that's when the Staley company owner says, why don't you move to Chicago? There's a bigger opportunity for you there. And so they keep the Staley name for one more year before they become the Chicago Staley's and then the Chicago Bears.
0: And ironically, well, maybe not ironically, the I, I, the National Football League Hall of Fame is in Canton, Ohio. So
1: exactly what right. What goes
0: around and, comes around, so to speak.
1: Exactly, and Hallis was one of the initial inductees when it opened in 1963, Amazing. and he said something about that. How it was great to be back there because, yeah, it's, it's where the NFL was founded.
0: Talk about how when he signed Red Grange, uh, okay. that's a big that's so, a big deal
1: to lean on Don Pearson, who's a former longtime Bears reporter here at the Tribune. And I asked him, I'm like, if you had a narrow George Halas' life in the 10 moments, what would you pick? And this was one of the biggest ones that Don told me about. Signing Red Grange. Red Grange, it's hard to believe this now, he was the first player in professional football to use an agent. So he... (laughs) everybody wanted him and this Uh agent came in and spoke for him and so red grange was one of the first players to get a a big cut of whatever the ticket sales were the program sales so the first year he signs with the bears he's making some really decent money Um, and and Hallis knew by having this big name that wherever they went people would want to see red grange um, and again, he, he's out of the university of Illinois, just like George Hallis was. So I think there was a lot there that Hallis liked.
0: Well, that was, a, yeah, it's like a big name signing. You know, people knew who Red Grange was before he signed with uh, anybody. He was like a Absolutely. a superstar, uh, had, had achieved that kind of status already. I mean, even as a kid, I knew I right. had heard stories about Red Grange. Um, you say that on December twenty seventh, nineteen twenty nine, he stepped away from coaching for the first time.
1: Yeah, there would be. I think there were two, er, two or three different times during his career where Haller said, "You know what? I somebody else needs to take charge of this." And I think in this case, it was because he had his hands in a lot of different pots. Um, not only was he in charge of the Chicago Bears. He was investing in real estate and investing in stocks. Heck, at one point, he even started a professional basketball team called the Chicago Bruins here. So he had a lot going on. And I think he realized, okay, maybe I need to give somebody else an opportunity here. Yeah. So he stepped away from coaching. But the complicating factor there is that shortly thereafter, the stock market collapsed. Um, and the Bears just frankly, didn't do as well under somebody else as they had done under Hallis. So you had this guy, Ralph Jones, who was brought in from Lake Forest Academy, and he's only there for three seasons before Hallis decides to take over coaching duties again. So
0: as we go through the timeline, I've heard a lot about this uh, NFL title game on December 8th of 1940, where it seems unbelievable that the Bears beat the Redskins 73 to nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how that's possible, but they did it. Amazing.
1: Yeah. So this is, this is the days before the Super Bowl existed. It was called the championship game. And so you get the best team from the East and you get the best team from the West. And so in this particular instance, one of the things that Halas is credited with doing before anybody else did is studying film, studying mm. the opponent in the days and weeks leading up to the game and it's really because of that that he figures out what plays the Bears can run that will really get – it was against the Redskins in Washington, D.C. He figures out like, 30-some plays and is nervous about the game, but as soon as he gets into the game, <laughs> realizes, oh, <laughs> we got this. Yeah, um, I guess. the most 73 to nothing, most lopsided championship game ever in the NFL, and I think to this day still the most lopsided game ever ever
0: in the nfl well i've got time for one more thing from your article and i do want to get to it because he hires mike ditka as a head coach on january 20th 1982 and i i think that's a pretty important moment uh in bears history because ditka played for hellas and Mm -hmm. they sort of had the same somewhat the same personality i think to a certain extent.
1: I think so too. And it yeah. was Dicka who appealed to Hallis. Ditka wanted to be the Bears coach. Yeah. And so Hallis gave him the opportunity. Um, it's just too bad because uh, Hallis died in 1983, so he wouldn't see the Bears go to the Super Bowl under Ditka.
0: Yeah, and I think after Ditka left, I mean, that's just my opinion for whatever it's worth. That was a a turning point, not a good one, Uh for the Chicago Bears, because you had this George Hallis man who had all these characteristics and attitudes, and you had Ditka who all had these characteristics and attitudes. then after that, I mean, there were some coaches that came through, but nobody with that kind of intense personality, at least as far as I'm able to tell. So that was a a big deal. Corey, always... Go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: (laughs) I was just going to say, John, there's been a laundry list of coaches, so don't kick yourself if you don't, <laughs> if you don't remember all of them. <laughs>
0: Thanks for giving me the out. Corey, good to talk to you again. Can't wait till we do it again. Thanks.
1: Thanks, John. Right back with you.